0: Welcome to the climate Report on Forward Radio, WFMP 106.5 FM, Louisville. This is Hart Hagen, your host, and we are on episode number 145. Today's topic is the DSA's Green New Deal, Part 2. uh, So The DSA is Democratic Socialists of America. They've come out with a version of the Green New Deal as of this past February. There are multiple versions of the Green New Deal, each which serves a different purpose and speaks for a different organization. There's a version of the Green New Deal that is in Congress right now, and there's a version of the Green New Deal that was drafted by the Green Party, but this is the DSA's version so we'll be talking about the DSA's version of the Green New Deal in a few minutes but first here's what the climate report is all about so we have a big situation that we have to deal with we have a climate change which should be called climate catastrophe or climate disruption it is not something that is in the vague and unspecified future it is something that is already occurring and has already caused catastrophic consequences It has caused catastrophic consequences to the oceans, to the coral reefs, to the ice caps and the glaciers around the world. It has caused catastrophic consequences in terms of forest fires. We've had a record forest fire in California recently. It has caused catastrophic consequences in terms of drought and lowering uh, yields of agricultural crops. And these things are not to be taken lightly and yet they are taken lightly by the people that are in charge and want to continue business as usual. So there's a small fraction of people who run the world and a small fat fraction of people who really control our country. Now they want you and I to believe that we live in a democracy. You know we have elections, right? How can we not be a democracy if we have elections? But the, it's a democracy not if we have elections. It's a democracy if we get we the people get to impact the policy that is ultimately enacted at the federal level, at the state level, at the local level. But just because we elect who represents us does not mean that we have an impact on policy for a couple of reasons. One is in the Democratic Party and in the Republican Party, those candidates that we vote on are pre-selected for us. The people that we ultimately get to vote on with rare exceptions are the people that are pre-approved by the people who have money and so at the federal level the people that we get to vote on are typically you know they've been given money by the big banks they've been given money by agribusiness they've been given money by big oil Uh, and you could go on and on they've been given money by the war machine so if you know whether it's a Republican or a Democrat they're pro-war because they've been given money by the war machine and they're are for the policies that the big banks want to enact. They're for the policies that agribusiness wants to enact, and we could go on and on. So no matter who ultimately gets to Congress, they're going to vote on the policies uh, favored by their corporate donors. And there are a few exceptions to this, but to the extent that no matter who we vote on, they're Going to promote policies favored by their corporate donors. I mean, that's not democracy. I'm sorry, that's not democracy. Now there are a few exceptions. Famously, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was elected without corporate money, and but that's one percent. People like her are one percent of our Congress, and that number could go up, but that need, number needs to go way up and fast because we have to deal with the climate crisis and the four other threats to our existence, and that's what the Climate Report is all about. This program is part of WFMP's Public Affairs Educational Programming. The views expressed are those of the speaker and not the station. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please email info at theclimatereport.net. And if you enjoy this content and want access to more episodes then go to theclimatereport.net and it's easy to find on the home page. You can get access to more episodes, playlists, videos, and my blog. Now let's continue reading through the DSA's version of the Green New Deal. It says, we face the crisis we face exceeds ecological breakdown. In other words, it's not just an environmental crisis. We can't only deal with the environmental aspect of it because the environmental crisis is caused by other things. One of my favorite things that people say, well, let's just let the free market take care of this. Don't get me started about the free market. The free market doesn't really exist. The free market is a figment of the imagination of some very imaginative intellectuals who serve the ruling elite. There's no such thing as a free market any more than there's any such thing as free football. Imagine free football with no rules and there's no such thing as a penalty and unnecessary roughness what's that I mean you can just get out there and beat up people all you want offsides who cares so there's no such thing as free football because football has rules and markets have rules and the question is what are those rules who made up those rules and do those rules favor the big players or the little players and the medium-sized players what we have now is is not a free market it's a market that favors the biggest players we don't have a free enterprise system we have a a monopoly enterprise system because big monopolies have an advantage over small businesses we have a system that subsidizes big banks we have a system that subsidizes Agribusiness. We have a system that subsidizes big oil. There is not currently a level playing field. Even if we had a free market, there is not currently a level playing field between oil and things like solar and wind. So we have a crisis that needs to be dealt with, and the only way we can deal with it is if we understand it, and the only way we can understand it is if we understand that it's not just an environmental or ecological crisis that the environmental and ecological crises we face are a result of an economic and and uh, political system that does not work for the for the great majority of the people and needs to be profoundly re-engineered, rethought reimagined, reworked, re-everything. Continuing to read, Deepening inequality, suppressed democracy, precarious jobs, racial and gendered violence, border hostility, and endless wars make up the terrain on which climate destabilization will be unleashed. The most vulnerable members of society will be hit hardest first and suffer most. So, like I was saying, we have a system that does not work for the great majority of people. We have a system where the winner takes all. We have a system where the strong dominate the weak both at home and abroad. We have a system where strong countries dominate weak countries. We have a system where rich people get their way, and the poor and middle class, well, sucks to be you. That is not the kind of system that will bring about any sort of environmental health. Continuing to read, we must solve the climate crisis and the inequality crisis together. So why must we solve the climate crisis and the inequality crisis together? Because the system that we have in so many ways, including the way we produce energy, it it, it exists to favor the profits of the very few, not the health or prosperity of the many we have cars not the uh, cars are our primary mode of transportation not because that uh, not because it's not for the benefit of the many it's for the profits of a few the decision was made in the late 40s and the early 50s that we were going to build all these highways which of course dictated the need for everybody to have a car so now we have all this pollution uh, stemming from cars not only that but the average car costs $10,000 per person per year if you gave the average family a choice to if they could do with one less car. Maybe they have three cars and they could get by with two or if they had two cars they could get by with one. If you gave an average family that choice they would choose to save $10,000 per year and spend their money on something else. But our system is not designed for the benefit or the prosperity or the health of the average family. Continuing to read, climate remedies in the context of austerity, will produce a popular backlash as we see in the Yellow Vest protests against the fuel tax. In other words, we can't transform our system unless we provide a just and fair and reasonable transition for the poor and the working class for example it would be appropriate to have a really steep carbon tax but if that makes the cost of living go up for the poor and the working class without somehow compensating them or putting money in their hands then they're not going to be on board with it and this sentence uses the word austerity so austerity is a word that you know, the, the ruling elites want us to believe that, you know, times are hard, so you got to tighten your belt and that kind of nonsense. But we don't tighten our belts when it comes to bailing out the banks. We've got plenty of money for that. And we don't tighten our belts when it comes to endless wars. We've got plenty of money for that. We don't tighten our belts when it comes to subsidizing agribusiness or big oil. We've got plenty of money for that so austerity is one of those words like free market or like capitalism it applies to the poor in the middle class meanwhile we have socialism for the rich we've got to give the rich that safety net because we wouldn't want them to fend for themselves so the government always has plenty of money to benefit the rich but the poor in the middle class have to face continuing cuts to health education welfare etc etc and that's what austerity means. Continuing to read, corporations profiting from fossil extraction have long worked to turn workers against environmentalists claiming that energy would be, claiming that clean energy would be a job killer. Amen to that. We've always thought that's the environment versus jobs we can have a clean environment or a strong economy but we can't have both nonsense we can have a strong economy that is rooted in and powered by clean energy We don't have an energy supply dominated by dirty fuels because it's economically healthy. We have an energy supply dominated by dirty fuels because because it's profitable. If you compare dirty fuels with clean energy side by side, what you'll see is that dirty fuels is more profits, less jobs, whereas clean energy is more jobs, less profits. You know what the rich want. They want more profits and they don't care about your job. They want you to think that they care about your job but they don't. The rich do quite well thank you when we have an energy system that is very profitable even though it doesn't produce very many jobs and it has adverse health impacts and adverse environmental impacts. That's why we need to change the way we do business, the way we run our government politically. We need to transfer power from the autocratic oligarch of, oligarchy of 1% and transfer that to the demos. We need to transfer power to the People, We need to transfer power to the 99% because the 99% is more capable of making wise and smart decisions about what is healthy or prosperous for the many. Continuing to read, But working class and poor people's quality of life gravely threatened by climate disruption would greatly improve in a just transition. Because corporate capitalism rewards extraction to concentrate wealth, it must be replaced by a sustainable economy. Just like I was saying before, extraction of dirty fuels serves to concentrate wealth. I live in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, most of our electricity comes from LG and E, Louisville Gas and Electric, which gets most of its energy from burning coal. LG and; E is privately owned. Compare that with a system where most people had solar panels so that you know the solar panels aren't, do not serve to concentrate wealth into a very few hands. They serve to deliver clean energy and even after a while if you get a solar panel then after five or ten years it's paid off and you own your energy source and it's like owning your home once you get it paid for you no longer have to pay rent or a mortgage or anything well that doesn't do any good for LG&E LG&E wants to be the ones who supply your electricity because that's how they can make profit, and that serves to concentrate wealth in a very few hands. Continuing to read, a Green New Deal can begin the transition from exploitative capitalism to democratic ecological socialism. The urgency and scale of the crisis we face demands solutions that meet the magnitude of this moment. Now you can say that again. Let's say that again. The urgency and scale of the crisis we face demand solutions that meet the magnitude of this moment. In other words, uh, Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Donald Trump do not have a sense of urgency for solving this problem because they do not represent you and me whether it's a Republican or whether it's a mainstream Democrat they do not represent you and me they represent their corporate donors they represent a system that serves to concentrate a lot of wealth in a very few hands therefore they do not have a sense of urgency for solving this crisis. And it's for that very reason that the media do not have a sense of urgency for solving this crisis. They will report on it from time to time. They will give lip service to it from time to time, but they do not have a sense of urgency. They are not behind a radical transformation and what we need is a radical transformation. Continuing to read, the ineffectual gradualism and corporate obedience demonstrated by the U.S. government's climate response has proven to be a dead end for humanity. Amen to that. So the whole world is depending on the United States to provide leadership or at least not stand in the way but what are we doing but standing in the way we're standing in the way because of NAFTA and these trade agreements that cause the you know burning of a lot of fossil fuels to transfer to move goods all around the world in a way that's profitable for a very few but it's not good for the planet The United States is standing in the way when it promotes uh, unsustainable agribusiness all over the world and imposes agribusiness on small countries that are not strong enough to resist. So they use the term ineffectual gradualism. So gradualism is like incremental change. Let's let the free market take care of this let's have a little fix here and a little fix there and its its gradualism its incrementalism it is not a radical transformation what we need is a radical transformation continuing to read we need rapid systemic transformation that heals the stratification of wealth and power while putting decarbonization and justice at the forefront, forefront. So, two key words here one is decarbonization, and the other is justice. I mean, if we had those two things, we wouldn't be having this conversation. If we could achieve decarbonization and we could achieve justice, then it's all right there in those two words. Uh, you know, decarbonization is not going to happen without justice because we have a carbon-heavy economy, because we have a political system that favors the interests of a very, very few and concentrates wealth and therefore power in the hands of a very, very few. Continuing to read, We need a Green New Deal. We demand a Green New Deal. And we demand that it serve People and planet, not profit. Now, it says we demand a Green New Deal. Let me talk for just a minute about another version of the Green New Deal, which is a congressional version of the Green New Deal. So that congressional version of the Green New Deal has been criticized from the right and from the left. People on the right say it's too expensive or it's radical or it's socialist, whatever, whatever excuse they can think of. People on the left have criticized it because it doesn't go far enough, but what people on the left don't understand is that the purpose, for one thing, I think it does go far enough, but the purpose of the congressional version of the Green New Deal is that it has a very narrow focus, and the focus is to establish that the federal government has a duty to enact a Green New Deal. It's not, you know, it doesn't have all of the provisions. You know, a Green New Deal is a very extensive program. It's not just one law. It's not just one program. It doesn't just involve one branch of government. It is a whole conversation. It is a whole transformation of society. And the purpose of the congressional version was was very specific. Establish. It's a resolution that establishes that the federal government has a duty to enact a Green New Deal. In other words, take sides. You're either for us or against us. You either acknowledge that the federal government has a duty to enact a Green New Deal or you're part of the problem. You're not anywhere close to being part of the solution. So, And unfortunately, you have people like Mitch McConnell who orchestrate a vote in the Senate against the Green New Deal. You have people like Chuck Schumer, the leader of the Democratic minority in the Senate, who are not doing anything. You have people like Nancy Pelosi, the majority leader. Uh, Democratic Majority Leader of the House of Representatives who's not doing anything. You have people like Senator Dianne Feinstein who's not doing anything. And you even have John Yarmouth of Louisville who's supposed to be a liberal, and he, is, he could not be more lukewarm about this. He would have to work to prove that he is, I mean, he, he's not saying I'm opposed to it, but in so many words, he's opposed to it. He says, oh, I don't don't think it's feasible and that kind of thing. Well, if you're not for it, then you're against it. Continuing to read. For too long, our livelihoods have been undermined by the pursuit of profit. Land expropriation, mass murder, and slavery on a vast scale built great fortunes. The markets in cotton and industrial goods and the system of finance and extraction that are with us today. Okay, I love my country and I love the people of my country, conservative and liberal, all of them, but we are in complete denial about our past. We're in complete denial about how we, dis- we took uh, the Native Americans and dispossessed them from the entire continent we are in complete denial about how we stole their land and that the land we stole is a basis for our wealth we're in complete denial about how we uh, you know took Africans from their homeland and brought them to America uh, made them slaves and that that Wealth that was produced by the slaves is a, an important component of the total wealth that exists today. Now, it would be one thing if all of that was in the past, but the effects of that continue. And just as important, we are continuing today with slavery. Uh, Today we still support slavery and we still support war against indigenous peoples both on the North American continent and on other continents. Uh, There's not very much time to go into into that but anybody who understands the true history of Latin America in the last hundred years and the United States impact on that will understand that we continue to support slavery and we continue to support the dispossession of indigenous peoples not least of all that's what's going on in Venezuela right now the untold story in Venezuela is how a white minority is trying to remove the indigenous and African Venezuelan majority from power. Chavez was part of the African Venezuelan and indigenous majority. Maduro is part of the African Venezuelan and, in, and indigenous majority. But that's a whole other conversation. I've got less than a minute left and I'd like to leave you something to think about. The climate crisis is not just an environmental crisis. It requires reworking our entire system and in order to rework our entire system we have to come, at least the majority of us, you'll never get everybody on board, but at least the majority of us have to understand how the system that we have is unjust and we should work to change it, not just because it's the right thing to do but because we have the opportunity to create a whole new world a world that is better for everyone and that's what the climate report is all about hope you enjoyed this hope you have a good day come back soon